where Russians believe that uh, everything here is worse than in other countries. I think that this stereotype was created by Americans. I thought that Russians don't smile. Russia is poor. Everyone is in the Russian mafia. Wow. I was born in Soviet Union. I lived there until seven years old. People have... There are now many girls who would like to make their career, earn their money, earning more than men, how everything in Russia really is. So unrehearsed, untrained, unprepared. <laughs> Eli from Russia, welcome to Eager in Russia. Great to have you and uh, thanks for making it happen. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this interview to answer all your questions. I'm sure it's going to be super interesting. So in this video, we're going to be talking about the Russian stereotypes. Are they true or not? I gathered from internet some most common stereotypes about Russia. And I got to say that uh, a lot of them are like, were really funny. And I, it's hard for me to understand that, are, is it so that is it, are people actually thinking this way? But I guess so, because this, ha, this list uh, has been like uh, cop copied in, in different forms, in different websites about Russian stereotypes. But so, do Finnish yeah. people believe in these stereotypes that you found? Well, um, a lot of them, yes. And I actually covered that also, like in my earlier videos. That's, uh... So number one. Russians are unfriendly, humorless, and never smile. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing you do is smile. <laughs> That's for you, like, what do you think? That's actually funny to hear because it's true to some point. And um, I think that this stereotype was created by Americans uh, and maybe some Southern people because there is actually this thing as coconut or peach culture. Do you know about this? No, no. So there are two types of people of coconut culture or peach culture. So people of peach culture are soft on the outside and from the first minute that you meet them, they're gonna be friendly uh -huh. and smiling and you feel like you've been friends for years, I don't know. And you're just a stranger, but they're going to be so smiling, etc. But on the inside, they're very hard, you know, like a peach. So mm -hmm. it would be difficult to become like really good friends, like best friends with them. Uh, they might be smiling when you just uh, making these small talks, uh, when you met them for the first time. But then when you're like, but you were so smiling to me. I thought that we were best friends. I thought that you're gonna help me to move yeah. my things to another apartment, that you would help me w when I feel bad. And they're like, no, I was just friendly. Yeah, and so there is also a coconut culture when a person seems hard from the outside, that he has this shell that he is a bit distant, closed, less communicative, less smiling. But actually, when you get uh, through this hard shell, there he will be like a coconut, you know, soft inside. He will be best friends. He will help you at any minute with anything that you need. And I think that Russians are more of a coconut culture 
and we don't smile to strangers. Uh, sure. You need to get through this shell, you know, get the person, get to know the person a bit better. And when you do that, you will become best friends like Russians. Uh, I think that our culture is mo is about being sincere. So if a Russian doesn't feel like smiling, he wouldn't do that. Yeah. And for Russians, for example, it's a cultural shock when we go to the US and someone yeah. in the shop is like, have a good day, hey, how smile. are you? And we're like, what is going on? It's like... Yeah. <laughs> So it's There's just the, a different uh, culture. Yeah, true. And uh, one way for uh, foreigners to actually break through the the first first uh, layer of this is maybe to uh, know few words in Russian that will break down a lot of things barriers, like in the in the first seconds. Is like, because when, especially when it's unexpected for somebody to say like not спасибо, but maybe something more deeper, like a joke, something that will change the tone all the way but so that's debunked that's not true and that's totally that's very nice uh, the um, theory you had yeah we even have a proverb which literally says smiling without a reason is a sign uh -huh. of being stupid <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one that's a that's a sound bite for for the intro all right you take the second one Everyone is in the Russian Mafia. Wow. I think that's it. It's true. No. <laughs> no, it's not. I, I understand what this means, even though it sound, it looks stupid. Uh, well, not maybe the Mafia, but some, every, uh, there are not uh, that Russians are somehow uh, untrustworthy. It's that way that uh, you should, when you go out for a bigger Russian city, and people who don't know Russia, the stereotype is that anywhere everybody could be a, a, a like a, a criminal and steal or something like that, or or cons, uh, cons, conspicuous. Is the word conspicuous? Conspicuous. Yes. Suspicious. Suspicious. Uh, suspicious. <laughs> yes, suspicious. And I understand that, and that's because of all the things you we talked about earlier. Because of the media stuff happened, and it's like wild west, well, wild east. <laughs> in Russia and when people come this is the one of the stereotypes that everybody is like a criminal yeah. and uh, when uh, in fact when you come to bigger or smaller cities I with a few times even I had some like maybe ideas that I was checking my like my bag but now I understand it's more even uh, it's more safe actually in many parts of Russia than maybe here in the Western world like for real I would say that overall I feel safe in Moscow, in other cities, overall in Russia, even when I traveled in the Caucasus. Uh, and a fun fact, actually when, when we went to Murmansk, uh, it was last month, and we went even more to the north from Murmansk, to villages, to Riberka, and people there weren't closing doors even. Uh, this was actually a shock for me because in other places of Russia, like you would always um, think about security, like close the door of your apartment, close your car and everything. And there, uh, when we were uh, with my friends, uh, hosts, uh, I mean guests at Airbnb apartment, and we, and we said, where should we 
leave our keys, how should we give it to you? And she said, oh, just leave it in apartment. And we said, but how do we close the door? And they were like, oh, don't close it. <laughs> It's... Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one especially, I think, good f question for you as a lady. Russian ladies are hopelessly domesticated. Uh, and this means a little bit like, uh, I think like Russian women becoming uh, housewives or uh, is it like maybe that type of question? Or how do you understand that? I and think that uh, domesticated is a bit weird word, but uh, I would agree that they are more traditional comparing to the Western countries. Uh, I even made a video where I asked different women and girls in the streets if they were feminists. Mm -hmm. I made that video in Moscow and I expected that Moscow would be um, less conservative, less traditional place. But I was surprised that even in Moscow, the girls that were responding to my questions, they were super traditional. So when you go to other cities, smaller towns of Russia, maybe even villages, they are going to be even more traditional than in Moscow. So I would say that um, mostly I agree. I do agree with this statement that Russian women are more traditional, even though there are now many girls who would like to make their career, Uh, who would like to earn their money, to be earning more than men or uh, not less than their husband, to be super equal. But still, uh, there are these traditional values where uh, many girls, they still think that a man should be stronger, should earn more, should be the strong shoulder uh, who can you who you can rely on that he should be the support of the family that overall he should be stronger and uh, i asked these girls when i made this video if they were feminists and most of them they said no Uh, but I think it's because feminism in Russia is considered uh, like this phenomenon is, is a bit distorted, you know. Uh, it's connected here to men hatred. Yeah, to being it's a like, very old view, I think, because it started in Europe. And I think Russia very often is a little bit lagging behind in some like phenomenons. Yes, so that's probably why. Europeans had also. It's yes, vision, and right? uh, feminism is about being equal, right? Not identical. Uh, but yeah. what we see, like how Russians see it, is that in many Western countries, uh, girls are equal already, but they want to become identical. And they start to hate men, or um, there are, for example, many girls that don't look after their appearance they say why should we do this yeah. so that's why feminism in russia has a bit negative um like notion yeah uh, that's why many girls are reluctant to call themselves feminists even though uh, they believe that they should be equal have the rights to education to work to make career but still they believe that they do not want to be identical they still want to be girls they want a strong man so i would say that's how uh, it is in russia quick one all russians have ussr nostalgia 
that's not true because I know many people who lived in the USSR and they hate those times. I would say people who like free stuff and you know there was everything from the government during the USSR but you always had to stand in lines yeah. uh, to wait for food, to wait for clothes, to wait for apartment. The government would give it to you for free, but people who like to achieve everything by them themselves, they don't like the system to stop you. They tell me that they really don't want to go back to those times. So I wouldn't say that there are many people who have this nostalgia. I was born in Soviet Union. I lived there until seven years old. And uh, I think it's a little bit, not that there's no right or wrong. You can have nostalgia and it's okay. But if, for example, you're just wondering, because I, wanna, I, am, I am one of those who have this nostalgia and maybe it's been romant romanticized by some like uh, pop culture in Russian pop culture somehow. Do you have this nostalgia because the life was better? Like why? Uh, not life, uh, probably it's something to do with like being proud with your heritage, that type of thing, like strong country, a true superpower uh, back then, uh, achievements, you know, all this uh, basic stuff, first f first man on the, uh, in the, in the cosmos and that type of stuff maybe. It's like um, a spiritual thing because life probably wasn't better. Why else uh, would I been like still remember that having a, an orange is like a huge uh, uh, new year thing. Like, yes, it's a new year. I can have oranges. You know, this you probably also can relate. Oh, uh, no, I was, no I, you did. I wasn't born in the Soviet ah. Union. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't really tell. <laughs> Sorry. But I'm not gonna ask when, but... Uh, yeah, I was born after 1993. That made... Thanks a lot. That made me feel very, very old. <laughs> no, that was a joke. I mean, I can understand. People probably had this sense of a superpower. But then when the Soviet Union collapsed, there, there wasn't a superpower and there wasn't strong separate countries yet. So... Probably they missed that sense. Yeah, yeah. Russians are extremely superstitious, which I think that it's true, especially if we talk about older generations. Uh, I grew up with my mom and dad telling me every day that I shouldn't do something. And when I asked why, they would say, just because, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> For example, yeah. there were rules at my house that you cannot put keys, empty bottles or gloves on the table because you won't have money, for example. Uh, Russians still have this superstition that you cannot whistle inside of any building because you will be poor for your whole life. That Black cat is traditional. Yeah, running across the that street. you cannot sit on the corner of a table because you're not gonna get married for the next seven years or maybe forever. Uh, yeah. Or when I was drinking tea and I left my spoon in the tea because I was mixing with honey or something, sugar, and yeah. I was drinking and she said, why do you drink with your spoon? You will never get married. I was like, yeah. how is this connected? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually have many of these superstitions. Or 
when I wanted to give my mom money in the evening and she was like, oh, you don't do money stuff yeah. in the evening or yeah. you don't cut your nails in the evening. What are you doing? You're crazy. You There's know? a lot of new ones actually for me. Even. I have the traditional ones like uh, whistling, uh, well, coming from my parents also, uh, like uh, crossing the streets and uh, with if there's a black cat, mixed with the uh, with the orthodoxy that uh, you can reverse them with like uh, crossing or making the cross sign. Funny that they reverse each other, you know. As a <laughs> I would say the, that what, yeah. younger generations are much less superstitious. Okay. Still, uh, because we grew up with our parents. And you hear this for your whole life, you know, that if yeah. you drink tea like this, you will never get married. And logically, you don't believe in it. But then you're like, oh, I will but what if? do this, you yeah. know. The worst one I still have is if there's a lot, like if you're walking with, a, with let's say, a, 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 a wife or a, a friend or a family member, and there's a, like a, a, a pole. And you have to cross it or the uh, what's the hatch 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 yeah if there's a hatch to the uh, to the sewers you hand you shouldn't walk over it yes <laughs> yes and yeah. also yeah if you're walking with your friend or your loved person you always have to be together like yeah, yeah. passing uh, but if there was an obstacle and two of you went like through it uh, you when back. you pass it, you have to say uh, uh -huh. hi for 100 years, something like this. Okay. So <laughs> that you don't quarrel. Nice. So it's true, Russia is very superstitious, sort of, even though the younger generations, generation is much less uh, uh, superstitious. Yes. Uh, yes. This is, uh, uh, I, I see it even with my friends of my age. Like, uh, we have this superstition that if you forgot something at your house and you, like, left your house and you come back for that thing, uh, that you have to look in the mirror and, and make funny faces or show your tongue. And even <laughs> young people still do that. Wow, that's a new one for me. I don't want to learn that. <laughs> this one is uh, much more, uh, well, darker. Russia has a massive problem with the corruption. Uh, I think uh, definitely yes. It's uh, statistically one of the most cor corrupted, like in, if we're talking about the, uh, the administra administrations. But I would go back a little bit because Russian, it's part of the culture. Well, <laughs> kind of un unfortunately, but like uh, there's a tradition to give a teacher some flowers, for example, if in any school, right? Or for your doctor to bring, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, if it's too much the Soviet everything. But if you go to a good doctor, you want to thank him, not with your, like, with his or her salary, but like bringing something else, like a good fish, good bottle of wine. And this is, these are, in my view, as a, well, semi-Westerner nowadays, uh, I think it's like these are the signs of well, it's called corruption in this in this world. If you go to a doctor and give him something for his services, which is not more than his salary, and this continues on uh, much more. It maybe started in Soviet Union times, but it's still a prod problem. Like why when Russia was building the uh, Olympian village, 
like uh, hundreds of billions were lost. It's a normal thing. It's a joke, basically. But everybody knows it and it's not treated like a huge corruption. Here they would have like huge news lines about it because it's so rare or it's different. What Actually, do you think? I'm now like really surprised to hear that giving flowers oh. to a teacher or uh, something to a doctor is considered corruption because in Russia uh, it's more like a tradition that on September the 1st you always give flowers to your teacher and like I've never thought about it as corruption actually or for a doctor. What about other times when it's not the first uh, sc starting sc school year starts or what about well, other times when do, just, just I don't know. We only do it on September the 1st because like it's a tradition when you come to school and the first day of school is always September the 1st and mm -hmm. we bring flowers um, and maybe only for a birthday the whole class of students would usually uh, like take money to give the teacher something yeah. for a birthday but otherwise we actually don't give flowers if it's not september the first or the birthday of a teacher and for a doctor i know this uh thing as well but yeah i never thought about it as corruption mm, i think it's just nice like i know that for example some moms come to a doctor with their children and mm. when they went through all the disease and everything, they like to show their gratitude because they know that doctors don't um, have a Good big doctors. salary in Russia. Yeah. And they like to be even more all grateful, right. you know. But overall, talking about corruption, I can't say much because you really need to be into politics, into economy, and I'm not an expert. Uh, even though I know that there is huge corruption in Russia, especially, for example, if we take Dagestan or Caucasus, mm -hmm. uh, I would say in that region it's especially uh, high, the corruption. And even when I go there, it's a bit unusual for me because everything there is made through connections. Yes, so yes. I will give you this, you will give me that. And people hiring, by the way, is there corruption in people hirings? Uh, yes, yes. And in like in Russia overall, uh, in the Caucasus, it's even, I would say, almost official. Like it's a way of their life there, which exactly. is even um, unusual for the rest of Russia. When I went there, I was shocked about some moments okay. there. Uh, but Recently, actually, I'm getting so many comments on my YouTube channel from people from like the US or European countries where they say, why do Russian people complain about corruption and they don't even know that it's higher in our countries, but I don't know where the truth is. And actually, I think that you can't really find these statistics, like yeah. the real statistics, you know, how do you find this? If we take the Caucasus, it's impossible to count all this. If the corruption is good, you won't find any signs. <laughs> yeah. How about uh, this one? Russia is poor. Let's have a couple of more. Russian is poor. That's uh, one uh, prejudice people have. Well, it depends on the region. It depends on the city. For example, I believe Moscow to be as developed as 
many metropolis all over the world, you know, the best ones. Uh, if yeah. we take some bigger Russian cities as well, people have a good salary, a good uh, level of life. But if we go to some poor regions, uh, the salary would be much less, but again, the um, expenses would be less as well. Uh, I actually made a video about it as well when I asked people in Moscow, in Perm, which is a smaller town, and in Dagestan, the poorest region, about people's salaries, how much they spent uh, on life. Uh, and of course, in Moscow, people had much higher salary, but they would have Do you remember to which was it? Was the uh, mid mid uh, salary in Moscow? I know we overall in Russia is like 500, 400 euros. Um, it was about 100,000 rubles in Moscow. Yeah, that's like thousands. Yeah, that's much higher. Uh, it's a it's a it's a thousand thousand and a hundred uh, euros in other cities it was about thirty thousand but again uh, in Moscow rent is super expensive yeah and if you live in other cities the rent is like twice maybe cheaper when I lived in the Caucasus it was so cheap for me because you know I was continuing to earn from Google like YouTube in dollars and mm -hmm. life there was like so cheap. You can rent an apartment there for 20,000 rubles per month and it's gonna be a good apartment in a good place in the city. So yeah, it depends actually. Um, yeah. And even when I was asking Dagestani and they're the poorest in Russia, I was asking them what they think about their salary some of them would um, say that, yes, I have a small salary, that's a problem. But I was surprised that most of them, they didn't consider themselves poor. Yeah. That was a surprise to me. One last one, quick one, and then we can have a last question and summarize. Uh, this one stereotype is that Russian grocery stores are almost empty and I have my own series about it on YouTube about I actually tried to find finished products in St. Petersburg grocery stores and actually people wrote me like oh my god it's weird I thought they're they're empty so this means the image from the 90s so obvious question answer is no there are not there's a lot of food there's a lot of local products because of the uh, different political tensions there's more russian products now because there's like um, well not blockades what's the word for it uh, yeah so there's more fair russian products and uh, producers and they're packed and of course the stuff comes from all around the world still like southern america caucasus china i everywhere. was actually like really surprised to see this because this is probably true about the soviet union again when people were standing in lines yes. for many hours to get some as you said orange you know and yeah. they were like wow today yeah exactly it's a big day we have oranges in our house etc but now of course not you can find products from all over the world any food you want to get you want to find also restaurants with foods of any country um same about clothes or other things 
of course, uh, this mm, point about stores being empty is relatable only to the Soviet Union. This is interesting. There's a one stereotype that Russians uh, smoke a lot. Is it true or why? <laughs> Actually, I haven't noticed this stereotype, like that it's true. I wouldn't say that there are so many, so many people smoking, plus there are so many places where it's restricted to smoke. Uh, for me, uh, for example, it was a shock when I lived in Italy and people were smoking at the bus stops, um, in some places where I didn't expect people to smoke. So I don't know like the statistics of how many Russians smoke, etc. But I would say that generally there are so many places where you cannot smoke. So I don't notice many people yeah. smoking. For me, it was a shock that so many people smoke in Italy, especially girls, you know. I don't yeah. see much girls smoking in Russia. In the Caucasus, for example, it's prohibited for girls to smoke. Compared to like, because the trip from from here to St. Petersburg is like so quick, you can see the difference. Uh, it's been uh, it's been more and more regulated, just like in the European countries. The taxation has gone up on the on the cigarettes, and all of these measures are good to countermeasure the uh, the smoking. But I think it is much more common, for example, to smoke in Petersburg. I think a lot of well, I don't know whole region. You know about Russia more than I, but St. Petersburg people smoke a lot, like the like just like in the old days here as well but now it's not popular anymore to smoke and not even in russia that much but still it's it's a habit like young people they just smoke and older guys just like that and girls smoke more in my view than than here then it's gonna go down like for hunt for sure all the taxation all and these counter uh, uh, like marketing against it it's good but uh, our time is almost up and there's, a, there's too many of stereotypes, but I think we've gone through many, some of them. So, Eli from Russia, thanks a lot for joining. It's been a great, great experience to actually talk to and have these stereotypes uh, breaking down and actually to hear more about the the person behind the behind the YouTube channel, behind the stories and behind the exploration, huge exploration of Russia, which is awesome. And um, I hope I hope that you have a, a great awesome experience and these in the upcoming videos. Thank you so much Igor for having me. That was a really interesting conversation and uh, as I know that there are so many stereotypes about Russia abroad, it's really interesting uh, to discuss them and to tell how everything here really is. Um, and sometimes it's funny to hear these stereotypes, but uh, what we've discussed, some of them were true for some point because stereotypes don't just appear from nothing, you know, so there is something true about the, them, but some of them are outdated, some of them are not fully true, so I hope that we were able yeah. to uh, clear, clear out for other people how everything in Russia really is. True. So good luck with that. And uh, if you're new to Eli uh, from Russia, 
you can subscribe to her channel, the link down below. And of course, sign up for my channel as well, Igor in Russia. Uh, hopefully we'll do maybe a collaboration video in St. Petersburg, maybe Finland, Russian Finland. So good luck to you and uh, see you guys in the next video. See you. Thank you so much. <laughs>